Today on From A to Ziggy, African Night Flight. Welcome to From A to Ziggy. This is the podcast in which we listen to every David Bowie song in alphabetical order. My name is Thomas. And I'm Travis. And today we're talking about African Night Flight from 1979's Lodger album. What did you think of African Night Flight? Oh man, Tell me I am about it. really looking forward to discussing this one because yeah. <laughs> so the first first thing I wrote down was scatological fever dream. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Just an overall, just the feeling and just the pace and it's just so out there and trust me i i mean it in a completely complimentary way it just like it just overwhelms you right out of the gate yeah even before the words start it's just just this weird clangy rhythm no real melody to follow and then bowie starts in with the lyrics and it's this is some serious flow bowie is he was literally inventing rap i mean maybe not literally (laughs) because that's I mean, let me, let me pump the brakes on that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, so, I, think they, <laughs> I may before, regret that statement. Before we say that David Bowie invented rap. <laughs> oh, God, that is a horrible <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> he, was, he was onto something without, I guess he was in the parallel as rap was being created, where it actually was created. He was kind of stumbling on it at the same time. Because I looked at it, and this, it, this was right around the same time as uh, Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight came out. It's a little after, right? Because that was like 77? Uh, Rapper's Delight was 79. Oh, really? 78, 79. So it was literally like right around the exact same time. But the flow in it reminds me more of future rap. Like it sounds, it reminds yeah. me so much of Outkast. Yeah, this is so much beyond 70s and early 80s style rap where it's like my name is so and so and I'm here to say this song sounds like it was written by David Bowie in like 2003 and then he traveled back to 1979 and released it just to blow everyone's brains apart yeah I can see what you mean it's like it's like big boy style yeah like just throwing all it all out there yeah really fast yeah, and the lyrics themselves kind of remind me of like a William S. Burroughs style, like cut up thing. Like, it doesn't really make sense. It's kind of stream of consciousness. Yeah. But it's also got these, this weird wordplay. Like in the very first line, he ends it with the word Mormon, one time Mormon. And then the very next words on the second line are more men. And then just, like you say, throwing these, uh, all this imagery together, rapid fire. The kind of thing you might expect from someone who's like doing a lot of um, amphetamines or like just like this really quick scattered thought patterns, just like really fast stream of consciousness. Except by this time, Bowie had sobered up. But yeah, a very, very odd song. And the, the lyrics themselves are apparently inspired by a pair of trips that Bowie took to Kenya in 78 and 79. And while he was there, he met all these uh, German airmen who were, I don't know if they were, I guess they were stationed there. And they would do various official and unofficial tasks. Uh, and they would hang out in bars and talk about, um, talk about their plans for leaving. 
but drink and always talk about how they were going to leave and then never leave. They would just be sort of alienated guys with this illicit business that they're conducting in Mombasa and uh, just getting drunk and palling it up with each other. And so this was his, writing this song was his sort of exploration of what, what might they be up to? What is it they do? Uh, they live strange lives, he said, flying around in their Cessnas over the bushland, doing all kinds of strange things. They're very mysterious characters, permanently plastered and always talking about how they're going to leave, when they're going to leave. And so this was, this was his sort of fictionalized exploration of that. It was recorded in, um, at Mountain Studios. Um, I think that's the one at the Chateau. Yeah, Mountain Studios in Montreux, Switzerland. Tony Visconti and uh, Brian Eno was there. This is part of the trilogy of Eno-Bowie collaborations in the late 70s. And Eno is actually credited with... Uh, Eno has this weird credit on the liner notes. Prepared Piano and Cricket Menace. <laughs> that's brilliant. Cricket Menace, Cricket Menace is what is one of Brian Eno's contributions. This, so this is apparent. This is the uh, buzzing sound. It's apparently fed by Dennis Davis's drums, put through an effects box and a synthesizer. But Cricket Menace, and then prepared piano. He just takes scissors and metal things and puts them on the strings in the piano and plays that. So this was um, the final album in the. Uh in the Berlin Trilogy. And uh, by that point, Brian Eno had felt that the trilogy had petered out. Uh, it was kind of obvious that things were starting to break down between the two. It's quotes attributed to uh, Adrian Ballou played on the album. He played guitar. Um, Ballou played guitar. Quote, they didn't quarrel or anything uncivilized like that. They just didn't seem to have a spark that I imagined they might have had during uh, the Heroes album. Which, you know, is one can only assume that by the time you're working on, you know, the third album of a very rapid fire trilogy. It wasn't like today where it's, you know, two or three years in between albums or anything like that. Like it was bang, 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 put one out, get back in. One can only imagine that when you have two brilliant minds working so intensely on the project for so long, that it is going to, um, yeah, it's going to peter out and you're going to have some kind of creative differences by that point. Yeah. Bowie did this a lot with his collaborators. He would, he makes the most, he really makes brilliant use of their creative input. But after a time, after a little while, eventually has to move on from, from these collaborations. He did it with uh, Mick Ronson. He did it with uh, Reeves Gabriels. Yeah, so there was, there was tension between Bowie and Dino at this time. Which kind of feels like it comes out a little bit in this song. There's a lot of tension in this song. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of an anxious song. And it's probably, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking someone else's word for this, because I, again, this is the second week we've talked about Brian Eno, and I still haven't uh, learned any more about him. I tried actually to listen to Another Green World this week, which apparently is very similar to this. And I can kind of see where that's coming from. I mean, he's basically, he's, he's the producer to go, especially as once the 80s hit, he was basically the guy to go to if you were in a new wave band, like he did. Talking Heads and um, Devo. He did some solo stuff with David Byrne, Genesis, Damon Alburn from uh, from Blur. And he did some work with U2. Laurie Anderson. Yep, Laurie Anderson. Paul Simon, Grace Jones. Um, it's really slow dive. Wow. Yeah, if you were looking for kind of an interesting and different and provocative sound, Brian Eno is kind of the one to go to. He had this approach to production and songwriting in the studio called Oblique Strategies, where he would sort of, 
he would hand out cards that gave you different roles, or he would write out his favorite chords and just point to them with a yardstick and have everybody play those. Uh, and he did some of that on the Lodger album, and a lot of it wound up unusable. This seemed like his trying to lash out or undermine the production. There was, like you say, there was just this tension between the two guys. And I feel like he left his stamp on this one more than any other song on this album. I mean, it's, it touches on world music. So it's called African Night Flight. It's not actually based on African music. No, there is not a yeah, it, bit of African influence that you can feel in it. It's, it kind of like tries to touch on, you know, the, uh, the rhythm influence. It's kind of like someone reading about what African music is supposed to sound like and then trying to produce it from their notes of what it's supposed to be. It's not actually African music, but it's got a lot of African imagery, rhinos and uh, planes. And there's the bits from the chorus that are kind of bastardized Swahili. So the lyric is Asanti Habari 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 Asanti Nabana Nabana Nabana. Uh, Habari is real Swahili. It's like a greeting. Uh, Asanti doesn't seem to be like any. This, so I tried to put it through Google Translate to try to figure out what, what this is supposed to say. Literally, Google wants to translate it into thank you for the news or the information, but I think it means hello. I think it can also mean goodbye. So it's like, uh, there's another Beatles, Beatles reference yeah. there, maybe. Or it's like, a, it's like Aloha. And then Asante Nabana is not a real word at all. Which kind of is why this, this song also reminds me a little bit of Radiohead. In that, lyrically, if you're trying to make sense of it, you're really wasting your time. It, it's a lot of just phrases and words that sound really good together, that play off each other really nice. And just, just the way the words interplay throughout and the way it flows. It's more about that than the message. Yeah, it doesn't really have any kind of straightforward message, but that's that's more fun. Yeah, it's, I mean, once you know the story, like about the German airmen, it sounds like barroom talk. Um, but if you don't know that to begin with, I just thought it was about, you know, an African tourist and, you know, he's away from home. He wants to get in touch with his wife's uh, dad. He's, he's reading the financial pages in the papers and it's still just like the scattered sort of thoughts, but... Once you know it's about these these guys in the bar, it's you know it's pretty clear they're getting in the mood for a Mombasa night flight. There's all this stuff about flying, a lot of weird memories of a of a safari, just images, just snapshots, quick images and bits and pieces, but nothing really coherent, just stream of consciousness. Yeah, but again, just really laying the groundwork for a lot of stuff to come. This song could fit on it. it fits as well on Lodger as it would fit on Kid A, as it would fit on Stankonia. Lodger is Kid A meets Stankonia. <laughs> but it's funny, when you read the write-ups on, on Lodger, you know, they describe it as the more commercial sounding of the three. Then goes an African night flight, and, and you're just, no, <laughs> it's not at all. Yeah, I mean, that, that just comes from the fact that there are no instrumentals yeah. on it. But this song just feels like anxiety because everything's just, it's just so frantic and everything's happening. And it also kind of feels like Beck a little bit. Like it feels like this was also laying some groundwork for some of Beck's, like the experimental Beck. Not like his really weird experimental, like stereopathetic soul manure experimental, but more like the, you know, this, the 
you know, how he alternates between his fun albums and his, like, right. contemplative albums. Like, this feels like something that would fit on one of his fun albums. Um, yeah, just that, like, I don't want to, I, I have no desire to sound anything like a specific genre. I just want to make this song, and you guys can do with it what you will. Yeah, very unclassifiable. It's probably the hardest to classify among Bowie's songs. A lot of them you can just fit, they just fit into a, a pop framework. Yeah. Like oh, this is glam Bowie. Oh, this is doo-wop Bowie. Oh, this is industrial Bowie. Right. This, yeah, this doesn't fit into any box whatsoever. This is, if you played the song for someone, they maybe on their 10th guess would say Dickie Bowie. Did you have anything else about African Night Flight? Um... It feel like the the feeling I got from listening to that song really reminded me of that like the really dark boat scene in the original Willy Wonka movie where it's just like all these lights and just and you're just what's happening and it's like the single most terrifying part of that movie, um, the one that Marilyn Manson uh, copied for for that album. Yeah, like if you if you took this song and laid it over that scene, that scene would be as creepy and unsettling as it is with Gene Wilder chanting. Yeah, it's it's like being guided along on this like amphetamine-fueled acid trip. Basically, David Bowie is like, take my hand and I'm going to take you through this screwed up experience that you're having. Yeah, it's definitely an experience. Or it's like, it's a journey that you feel like you need a guide yeah. for. Yeah. And oh, and I forgot about this. I, there's there's no real. It doesn't. There's not really a melody to the song, but it's apparently based on the song Susie Q. Uh, and I know the CCR version best, but I guess it's a Dale Hawkins song from 1957. And it's Susie Q played backwards, not like played, not like recorded and then played back backwards, but like written down backwards and then played by regular instruments by musicians who exist in a forward path through the time yeah. continuum. Anything else to say about African Night Flight? Um, I think that's all I got. Covers, other versions. Did you hear any? I, when I looked it up, um, I didn't see any covers. Um, and I only just Googled it now, and Momus has a cover. Of course Momus has a cover. By the way, Momus is a frequent commenter on Chris O'Leary's blog, Pushing Ahead of a Dame. So I really wish I had listened to this before we started recording. Uh, it looks really cool. I haven't heard any others. Yeah, it seems like it'd be a really hard song to cover. So I am going to put out, I'm going to make a plea right now. Maybe this whole internet thing where things go viral will happen. <laughs> I am putting out a call for Outkast to cover this song. Because I think it would be magic. And I can't think of a better reason for Outkast to get together and record something new. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. So, Outcast. One, listen to this podcast and tell all your friends it's amazing. And two, please, please do a cover of African Night Flight, because it would sound incredible in your very capable and amazing hands. All right, ratings. ratings. African Night Flight. What do you think of... Uh, how should we rate this one? Um, I, I give this song... Skimmed over rhinos? <laughs> I, I would give it at least three skimmed over rhinos and one just... No, I don't even, I can't even find the words. So yeah, three, three skimmed over rhinos. And one German airman? And one German airman. For a total of four? Or is it three and three of one and one of another? Three of one and one of another. All right, so three skimmed over rhinos. Three skimmed over rhinos. Yeah, I'm going to give it, uh, 
three skimmed over rhinos again. We're matching in our uh, assessment of mediocrity. It's not a mediocre song, but it's it's one I've I have pressed the fast forward button on. I will confess. Um, cool. So uh, that's all. That's gonna do it for African Night Flight. That is all. And after this uh, comes a song called After All. After All, which is gonna be the perfect way to calm down after African Night Flight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Opposite ends of the spectrum yes. here. All right. Come back next time where where we'll be talking about After All. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at From A to Ziggy. Go to FromAtoZiggy.com, leave a comment, tell us what you thought of African Night Flight. Uh, if you have a cover version of this song that you want to suggest, send us over, send us that. Or if you have a cover of any song, let us know what song. Let us know what your favorite David Bowie song is. We want to hear from you guys. Yeah, maybe you want to come talk about it. And uh, meanwhile, we'll see you on the Facebook page, on the Twitter, on the web. The, the, the internet, those interwebs, and uh, for from A to Ziggy, I'm Thomas. I'm Travis. Thanks a lot for listening. Goodbye. They got a message